The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. And, uh, hey, hope you're going to have a good day listening. And uh, may the Lord bless you. If you want, you can give me a call. All you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. And um, if you want to email me a, a question or an issue, all you have to do is uh, just email me at info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And uh, be able to see uh, those. Just, just look at them, and then we can address your questions via email, if you like that. And if you want to call, we have four open lines: eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. All right, all right. You know, I just feel like just jumping right in and getting on the air with Anthony from Kansas. Anthony, welcome. You're on the air. Hello, Anthony. I don't hear him. I have a question. Got a there question. You go. um, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you, okay. Uh, yes, sir. First, I want to ask was the issue about uh, music. Uh, what kind of music Christians is appropriate for Christians to listen to? I've heard some people say, uh, maybe from Pentecostal or Christian College or whatever, especially a Dr. Gene Kim said that pop rock, jazz, R&B, and soul are not to be listened to by Christians. You're hard to understand. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, and it's really muffled. So I, I lost you. Something about Christian music, and then somebody said something, and then that was all I could make out. Could you repeat that? Oh sure. Oh, uh, I start to keep slower. It's it's sinful. Some Christian ministers say maybe sincere. Physical to Christian college, whatever. Especially, I Dr. Gene Kim says that um, CCM music of flesh your flesh should never be listened to by Christians. You know, no okay, wait, 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 wait. Um, you, you are hard to understand. So let me ask you: Are you saying that somebody is saying it's sinful to listen to secular music? Yes. Well, I'd ask him. Show me in the scripture where that's the case. That's well, it. they show they me in the Bible. back using Ephesians five. Uh, 18, 17, 18, 18, 19, and Colossians 3, 16, yeah, 17. That's the, the work, yeah, the, the, the flesh, uh, don't get drunk with wine, and uh, dissipation, and, you know, speak to each other in psalms, uh, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, make melody. Uh, if he's going to take that to mean um, that uh, we have to speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, then can we... Uh, do anything else besides that if he wants to say that psalms hymns and spiritual songs are how you to speak because it actually says to speak to each other with psalms hymns and spiritual songs it doesn't say speak only this way it says use them speak with them the ideas are speech to be sanctified but that's what it says there so if he's talking about listening to spiritual or non-christian music and it's sinful to do that he can't use this verse uh, Ephesians 5.19 to say that Okay, and so the a better way, a better area to go to for him would be Philippians four eight, 
whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, anything excellence, worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So we are admonished to dwell on those things which are good. Now that becomes another issue because uh, can we listen to reggae, for example? Or what about the blues? I love the blues and I love reggae. I love uh, can I listen to that? Yeah, blues are great. Reggae is great. I'm sorry, what? Not trashy blues, but just good old no. blues. Yeah. And then what about classical music? Was Mozart a Christian? Could listen to Mozart? How about Beethoven? But there's no mute, no uh, words spoken. It's just classical. Could listen to that, or is that sinful too? See, this is why we have to be careful to put uh, parameters on people and say it's sinful if you listen to Christian or to non-Christian music. Well, then, what qualifies as Christian music? If you want to listen to Hillsong, Hillsong is going apostate. So, would you listen to that? Who do you listen to? Amy Grant, who divorced her husband. And didn't you know? I don't trust her. Now she's supporting LGBTQ. Do we listen to her music? It becomes very problematic. Now we need a list of what to do, and what not to do. You know, let the Holy Spirit play. Uh, in fact, that reminds me when I went to college, uh, I was checking out colleges, uh, Christian colleges in Southern California. I went to this one college, and I was uh, interviewing. Uh, I was interviewing them to see if I wanted to go to their college, not if they could want me in. I was interviewing them, and um, I was in my late twenties, and I said. I had a meeting with, I think, the dean. I said, so I see your document here. It says I can't do any dancing if I'm attending here. He goes, that's right. I said, okay, I'm not married yet. Can I dance with my wife at my wedding? Is that okay? He goes, well, yeah, of course it is. I said, but it says no dancing. And if it says no dancing, that's what it says, no context, just no dancing, then I'm not allowed to dance with my wife at my wedding, according to what this text, uh, your, your document says. He goes, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I said, what if I'm listening to a song in my kitchen while I'm cleaning up? Can I dance then? And I said, this is a problem. You guys are playing the Holy Spirit. The issue here isn't a form of legalism, because then you're going to encourage people to sin. And uh, I didn't go there, let's just say. So well, I, we have to be well, careful. Contemporary music. A lot of contemporary Christian music is crud. A lot of it's good. And one of the th- projects I want to do <laughs> is to analyze Christian lyrics from different songs. And just say, hey, look, look at this. Well, now, you know, some of them are beautiful uh, tunes and full of heresy. Yes. So you got to be careful. Right. Well, some people say that even a style itself can lead you toward the world. Even a what? Can what? A style. A style. Well, here's another issue. Here's another issue, okay? So here, this is a real-life issue with me. I'm autistic. I have Asperger's. And I also have 80 decibel ringing in both ears. I've had this for over 30 years, this annoying uh, tinnitus. 80 decibels is extremely loud. I wear hearing aids. So if I go into a place where there's high pitch noises, I don't do well. And songs and music that have horns in them, I don't like it. I find it unpleasant. It's just because of my physiological makeup and because of this problem. So what I like to listen to that's soothing is heavy metal because it's the opposite Hmm. end of the sound scale. And so I'll listen to certain uh, sounds that are very soothing because of the bass. So would I be in sin listening to something like that? You know, even though it doesn't bother me, I don't listen to the words. I just hear the bass. I've even taken excerpts of bass uh, riffs and guitar riffs and drum riffs out of heavy metal songs where there's no words, but I, I put them into loops and play them. So is that okay? Well, See, 
you've got to be careful how we do this. The issue is, what is your relationship with Christ? He Let him work with you. Don't use your freedom as an excuse to sin. But if something's going to hinder your relationship with him, then you need to move away from it. If it does not, then that's something you can, you know, participate in, but you've got to be careful. When you go to 1 Corinthians 10, it, you know, the question is asked, can we eat meat sacrificed to pagan gods? And the answer is, yeah, we can. It's not going to hurt you. But it's meat specifically sacrificed to pagan gods. And Paul says, yeah, you can do it. You can eat it. It's not going to hurt you. Just don't stumble anybody else. So now what do we do? Or what if you like the song Zombie from the Cranberries, which I love that song. Well, can I not listen to it? And it's a song against war. I like that. So, you know, you've got to be careful. When people start pronouncing, hey, if you listen to this kind of music, you're, you're in sin. Uh, there are certain styles I, I would tend to lend uh, support with that. You know, if you have grindcore where they're talking antichrist and anti, uh, you know, godliness, and they're screaming it and yelling it, now that that would be wrong. You shouldn't support that. Okay, so well, you I like be careful. I like Toby. I don't like rock in general, but I like Toby Mack. Mm-hmm. Okay, Toby Mack. Yeah. Well, I like Led Zeppelin. Oh. I'm a Zeppelin fan. You know, and and. Uh, some other stuff which I don't want to tell people <laughs> but I like reggae too and blues and uh, the only thing I don't like is country western it is it is proof of the fall of mankind country western is the proof of the fall and uh, Chinese opera between uh, those two pff, if someone said Matt we want you to give up all your secrets I'm never going to do it well, we're going to put you in a room and play country western and Chinese opera I'll, I just say what do you want to know I know I'm going to break. It's going to, you know, it'll take me less than a minute. What do you want to know? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, well, that, well, that sure helps, Matt. Thanks a lot. Oh, I have one more question, real quick. Sure. Your time. Yeah. Sure. No problem. I wonder if you heard of. I wonder if you heard of Dr. Gene Kim. If you have, what do you think of him? I think I know who you're talking about, and. Uh, but I don't. I can't say for sure. Uh, let me see, uh, because I don't want to say good or bad and it not be the guy I'm thinking of. So um, there's. You mean a, he teaches? He's pastor, right? A pastor. Yeah, Doctor Gene Kim. Yeah, I'm going to be careful what I say because I don't recall him specifically. Okay, so let's just say that. Yeah. All right. But I need to do a, a piece on him. If you can send me some information on him and URLs and sermons and things he said, uh, that would be great. It looks like uh, um, I'm looking here. Uh, okay, good. Alpha and Omega Ministry, um, James White Ministry, looks like they've got a little thing they've done on him. So go check it out. Gene Kim, Steve, Stephen Anderson's whacked. He doesn't have all his paws in the litter box. So uh, if they're doing Gene Kim with Stephen Anderson, maybe there's an issue there. I don't know. To both of them. Okay? Okay. All right. All right, brother. Well, God bless. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, you know, I probably just offended a whole bunch of people (laughs) what I said about Country Western. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, you know. Hey, we're just put together differently, that's all. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get on to uh phone share with Oliver from Maine. Oliver, welcome. You're on the air. 
Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, so, so my question for you is, uh, how do I prove the the deity of the Holy Spirit? Where do I? How do I prove that biblically? The Holy Spirit is sent by the Father and the Son, for one thing, in John fourteen twenty six and John fifteen twenty six. And what's interesting is that Jesus says that He will send another Comforter, and the word "another" is of the same kind. So you can go to, for example, John. I think it's John fifteen twenty six where He says that. Let me see. Uh, let's see, no fourteen twenty six. Let's try that. And um, come on, here we go. Uh, anyway, another Comforter. I got to find it. No. Uh, let's see, another, oh, I can't find it, let me go backwards, another comes, yeah, I don't know where it is, maybe someone in the text will put it in, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, but the word in Greek there is another of the same kinds, re- referencing himself, that would be a support for the deity of the Holy Spirit, but also, when you go to Acts chapter 5, it says a man named Ananias, his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and they held it back, etc. And uh, Peter said, uh, "Why did Satan? Uh, why was has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land?" So what he had done was he had lied about what he had done and said. And um, notice what he says here: "You've lied to the Holy Spirit." That's Acts five, three. And then verse four: "While it remained unsold, it did not remain your own after." It was sold, etc., etc. I'll go to verse 5 because the music coming on. He says, Ananias fell to the ground and breathed his last. And great, uh, oh, I forgot to, I skipped something. Where Peter says in verse 4, You have not lied to men, but to God. So to lie to the Holy Spirit is to lie to God. We'll get back after the break. We'll talk some more. Sorry about that. Hey, three open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. All right. Oliver, are you still there? Yes. Hey. All right. So i got some more stuff for you if you're ready. But I can tell you where to go to get Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Second Corinthians mm-hmm. 3.18 What I could recommend you do is go to Karn, and uh, on the left-hand side you'll see a menu, and unless you are on a phone, you go to the Christian Theology section on the left and then mm-hmm. on the menu that is and then on the uh, click on the doctrine and theology and then from there just scroll down to the section on the Holy Spirit and you will see uh, all kinds of information about him the Holy Spirit his work ministry deity names everything it's right there now we have to write it down really fast you can go read it and check it out yeah I'll definitely have to check that out what you've said so far has been really helpful and I've just recently been struggling like you know, I, I I believe in the Trinity, but the Holy Spirit aspect has been difficult for me to grasp biblically. So this is this has been really helpful. And um, well, so let me I let me help you with check out the articles too. That's all right. Let me yeah. do the principle. Okay. Um. So the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we don't hear much about him. 
He is in the Old Testament and he's in the New Testament. Do you know what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is besides convicting us of sin? Okay, this is an important concept. Go ahead. Is it to glorify Christ or help Good. us to glorify Christ? Good. Good. John fifteen twenty six. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. The Holy Spirit bears witness of Christ, not of himself. So he is the lesser known, lesser spoken of person of the Godhead. This is why we don't see as much. But we do see plenty about him. He's called God and Lord and Spirit, Spirit of God, Spirit of Truth, Eternal Spirit. He's eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, has a will, loves, speaks. Okay, so they're there. And and they're listed on the uh, on the CARM website, on the Holy <clears throat> Spirit. Okay? Sweet. All right. Sweet. Well, thank you very much. And I'm concerned because I don't want you to forget the Trinity because... The Trinity is the necessary precondition for all intelligibility and actuality and potentiality. So on, on CARM, there's an article that deals with uh, the an examination of the Trinity in depth. And so, okay. like, just type in, you know, CARM, Trinity examination in depth, you'll find it. And okay. I spent uh, five weeks going through the Trinity for about an hour each on each sub category of the Trinity. I wrote a 500 word paragraph dealing with the Trinity. I'm probably going to work on something in addition to that, dealing with the nature of the Trinitarian being because of something very interesting. I want, to, I want you to understand this, which is why I'm focusing on this a little bit. This is what Romans 1.20 says. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what was. So as I was thinking about that, what does that mean, his divine nature? Well, as I was looking and going through stuff and thinking, see if I can find this here. Um, yeah, here we go. The Trinity, the nature of the Trinity is reflected in the material world because there's three things in the material world, time, space, and matter. And time is past, present, future. Space is height, width, depth. Matter is solid, liquid, gas. A trinity of trinities. Then there's a spiritual realm, which is a trinity. God, <clears throat> man, and angels. There's a conceptual realm. Knowledge, reason, and ethics. And we can go on and on as I was looking and realizing that even within these three are sub-threes, the main categories, like a knowledge of the material world, spiritual world, universals, and etc. The trinity is the only way to explain everything it's the only way to make sense mm -hmm. because everything that exists all facts exist in a context and no fact no, nothing that's actual that's been you know in our material world exists independently of a context this means that everything exists inside of a causal chain and you can't have an infinite regression of events in a causal chain, that's another topic, and it goes back to the single being, who is God. And if we look at the nature of God, the Trinitarian being makes the most sense.
and I can get into why, and I do that in that examination of the Trinity. And in my debate with um, Shabir Ali, a Muslim, I went through the issue of why uh, the Trinity is, makes the most sense of things. And in my debate with uh, the metaphys- uh, Muslim metaphys- metaphysician, I did this also. He couldn't answer it. And so the Trinity mm-hmm. is a necessary precondition. It gets into one and the many universals and particulars and things like that. So awesome. I just want to say there's a lot there. Don't give up on it, okay? Yeah. Okay. You know, I'll check it out. And I, I definitely, I believe in the in the Trinity. It's just there's there's doubt that will sometimes come up in uh, the, the deity of the Holy Spirit. I, I nonetheless submit to him being God, but I just want to be able to be more solid on that. So, so well, I, you know, I appreciate your help here. Okay. It's there on CARM and the verses and stuff, and and hopefully it'll be there for you to check it out, okay? And give me a call in a week or two and let me know awesome. what you think, all right? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Sounds good, buddy. All right. God bless. Okay. Well, that was Oliver. Next longest waiting is Gabriel from Maryland. Gabriel, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Just listening to what Oliver was saying Mm -hmm. um, before I get into my predestination question. Mm -hmm. um, I think contributing to his issue maybe, as you had mentioned, that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus as Jesus glorifies the Father. And so he's really taken a back seat, which may make people think, that he's not as much a part of God as Jesus right. is, you know? Yeah, that's what he's, he was talking about that, which the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a bear witness of Christ, Matthew, or John fifteen twenty six, which is why you don't hear as much about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. And mm-hmm. then another yeah. thing is that he's kind of the least human-like out of all the persons of God. Well, that's an he's interesting concept. He's the least concept. relatable. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting concept, the least human-like. We have the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah, it's worth focusing on, too. So what do you got, so, buddy? What's, uh, I think that's a good, a good comment. So what's your uh, which comment or question? Predestination. Um, predestination, okay. I feel like a lot of people conflate it or confuse it with determinism. Right. Or maybe I've just had the habit of doing that myself, and so I want to make sure that I clarify the Well, hold on. Doctrine. We've got a break, so hold on. we got a got music okay. just coming up. So we'll be right back, okay? Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages and talk about predestination, determinism, and things like that. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Looks like uh, the powers uh, that be at um, YouTube uh, stopped the podcast here from going out on a regular Matt Slick Live YouTube because of medical misinformation. We probably talked about covid how I doubt its efficacy in the vaccines and there's problems and things like that. Not allowed to have opinions, folks. Not allowed to have opinions. Uh, Link 1984 fiction again, please. Let's get to Gabriel on uh, from Maryland. Okay, Gabriel, you still there? 
still here. Okay. So what was your question? What was it? So the difference between predestination and determinism. Determinism, determinism means determinism means you don't have any will or any issues that you it's just basically your puppet and predestination means that God's will is accomplished but you're not a puppet okay basically yeah so when somebody says it had to happen such and such a way for me to come to faith in Christ they're even though it might make them feel good to think that way that's not necessarily true well maybe maybe not because God has his way of ordaining things. All things work after the counsel of his will. Whether it's going up the front of a church to receive Christ and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, or uh, you read a Bible verse and out of the Bible and you throw the Bible away and the verse works on you and gets you saved in two or three days. Uh, God ordains the, the means as well as the ends. So uh, people are saved in different ways, but it, God, uh, He, you know, He's the one who opens our heart to understand the Scripture. Luke twenty four forty five. He grants that we believe. Philippians one twenty nine, and uh, grants us repentance. Second Timothy two twenty five. So these things are right there, and uh, but yet at the same time, God draws us. John six forty four, and we can't come to Christ unless it's granted by the Father. John six sixty five. So it all works out together, but uh, that helps. But there's no necessary chain of causation that drives you to the Lord. Like, he can step in at any is. time. Of course there is. Will. Of, no, of course there is. Yeah. There's always a cause of... of, of uh, there's always a causation, a chain of causes. No event occurs without a connection to a prior event. Everything. This is logic. That all things that well, occur were caused to occur. So if God opens your heart, it's because God caused your heart to open. If if someone preaches the gospel, it's because of the the uh, previous uh, chain of events uh, brought that uh, to bear. Okay. I would argue then that I mean I don't know if this applies or not, but with quantum physics, you have the possibility of something being in two states at the same time and it's not until it's observed that it takes a final state yeah. that it's not made manifest so the causation well, the, yeah, but the, the, could be the multiple. causation is there Every, no 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 right everything but it's not one that, definite cause well, no, no, no. They didn't say they're one definite cause. It's like as you watch airplane crashes. I watch a series of those. I just think they're interesting. They're like detective work. And rarely is it one cause. But in quantum physics, you can't say that things happen for no reason. That's just simply illogical. Things happen for a reason. They just don't know all the reasons yet. So you can have states of occurrence that seem to come out of nowhere, but it can't be that nothing is what preceded. It just means they don't know what is the precession yet. That's all. This is lo logically necessary. Okay. Otherwise, if there are no reasons for events, then we can't trust reality to be consistent. Because it would mean then that uh, a pink elephant with wings could pop into existence because there's no causation and necessity of the cause and the effect. And so that, that would mean then we can't trust the material world or the spiritual world or the world of logic and universals. Okay? Right.
so at the same time God is sovereign over all causes and we are not slaves to the causes because our spirits made in the image of God possess uh, the freedom that we have but our freedom is not independent of our context or God's uh, guiding hand and yet we're still free at the same time this is good biblical theology most people don't accept it though or a lot of people don't accept it but that is good biblical theology okay Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Okay. All right, well, God bless. All right, that was Gabriel from Maryland, and now let's get to Nelson from Bakersfield. Nelson, welcome. You're on the air. God bless, Matt. Uh, happy New Year. You too, man. God bless. God bless. Yeah, so what's first up? and foremost, I wanted to just praise, first and foremost, I wanted to praise God for your show, for what God is doing in your life, because by uh, tuning in, and uh, you got me digging into the Word of God even more so over the years, and Good. coming to find out, not knowing, by digging into the Word of God, like, wow, I'm reformed, and um, <laughs> that just, <laughs> that just, you know, it like, I was like, no, 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 wait a minute, and just, I there's no way around it, I'm reformed, it's just like, no. <laughs> yep, and then but, once, uh, so much, once you give yeah, yourself so over to the dark side, it's, well, once you give yourself over to the dark side, it's a lot easier. Life just makes it's just easier. <laughs> so, so there you go. And so, um, amen. So my question is, in um, what well, two questions with this uh, verse, verse twenty-two of First Corinthians sixteen? If you want to bring that up, if anyone does not love the Lord, he is he is to be accursed. Yep. Uh huh. That um, is, I mean, I was just, as I was looking it up, can you um, just give me an explanation of what Paul was saying there? I mean, I can, oh, I sure. If more. you don't love the Lord, then you're going to be cursed. That's what it means. Um, and so, um, so now the follow-up question with that is, I'm the only one in my family that is saved. Um, okay. And in that verse right there, Technically, they're cursed because they have not came to the yes, Lord. That, that's right. Exactly correct. And um, uh-huh. and so, I mean, my prayer is basically that that the Father may draw them to Christ, as it says in, in uh, John six thirty six and thirty seven. And so, yeah. So yeah. Right. So uh, um, yeah, that was just my question about that. Um, uh, so again, thank you for for your show, and I'll continue praying for you, my brother. Well, you're welcome, man. And, um, you know, sometimes reading uh, the verses, if anyone does not love the Lord, he's to be, he, you know, he is to be anathema, cursed, separated. And yeah, that is the case. Um, I have family members, and they are under the curse of God right now. And all who die without Christ are under that judgment. And, and what God often does is put one believer in a family to be that light, to be that witness. And so uh, that's your job. One of your jobs, of course, mm-hmm. is to be a loving witness to your family, be praying for them, interceding for them, and uh, speaking to the Lord on their behalf and asking God to save them and open up their hearts and their minds and be merciful to them just as he was with you so that they might escape Amen. the present curse that they're under and find salvation. That's your job. That's what you got to do. 
Okay. Thank you, brother. Amen. Thank you. You're right. Amen. You're welcome, brother. That's what it is. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's much. going to happen, but that's what it is. When we pray like that, yeah. sometimes yeah. for many years. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and all right, brother. Real quick. Oh, uh, go ahead. Before, sure. Um, it's all right. I was asked this question because many believers um, has. I mean, I even used to pray like this, but like when someone dies and they have they never received Christ. Uh, they, you know, they, and I've done it before in the past, but then more in the scriptures. Uh, should we pray that God may have mercy upon that person, even though they're in hell? No. It's pointed on the day once, then judgment. Hebrews nine twenty seven. So that's it. Once they're dead, you don't waste your time on praying for it. them. Yeah. Yeah. The mercy that we get now is now from God. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. And it's okay. a hard thing. Well, thank you very Catholics much. would disagree. Catholics would disagree, but that's because they don't trust Scripture in that area. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Matt. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome very much. All right. Now, we're going to get to Jose in a minute, but we've got to break just any second here. And for those who aren't sure if they're really trusting in the Lord, God grants that you have faith, Philippians one twenty nine. Read Matthew seven, seven through eleven. God doesn't he never fakes you out. If you ask for a fish, he won't give you a snake. He gives you what you ask. And if you ask of him, he will give it to you and your trust in him. Let's get to Oh, Jose. And there's the music. I was just a little bit off of my time. All right, Jose, hold on, we'll be right back. And we have four open lines, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We have three open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get on the air with uh, Jose from Los Angeles. Welcome, buddy. You're on. Hello. Hello, Jose. Are you there? We'll give another few seconds here, and if not, we'll go to Tommy from Utah. So, I don't hear anything. All right, let's go to Tommy from Utah. Tommy, welcome. You're on the air. Hello, Tommy. Matt. How you doing? Doing all right. Can you hear me? There, man. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I hear you fine. Uh, well, I uh, my my it's not really a question. I just want to discuss uh, Jeremiah one five because. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was witnessing to uh, a Mormon, and uh, mm-hmm. first off, he says, well, you know, we're Christians, too, and I didn't flat out disagree with him, but I tried to show him where he was wrong, uh, mm-hmm. showed him that, you know, Christ is, mm-hmm. and always was God from the inception, that mm-hmm. he is the Alpha and Omega, and he's the only one ever, and he's the only one that has ever been... Um, that had a pre-existence before walking the mm-hmm. earth, and he refuted yeah. it with that, and uh, refuted it with what? And I'm, re- I guess, I'm really annoyed that I just didn't flat out tell him, "No, you're wrong." And uh, so 
So that, that's really the whole context of why I want to talk to you about this. But, so you want to know I mean, about I know what you mean. So it's the issue of Jeremiah, of Jeremiah 1 5, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so before you were in the womb, I knew you. And Mormons uh, ripped it out of context and say that it means it had pre existed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To be known yeah, by God I, means I to be. I understood that. Okay. To be known by God means to be saved. That it's in a saving relationship. Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty two twenty three, you know, he talks about many who they say they do good works, but Jesus says, "Get away from me! I never knew you." And Galatians four yeah. eight nine, you, you did not know God. You serve by nature those which are not gods. But now that you've come to know God, or rather, are known by Him. And uh, oh, I John, love that. In John 10, 27, 28, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and I give eternal life to them. So the phraseology is, is a theologically precise, or it's a, it's a theologically significant, I should say, phrase. To be known by God means it's a saving thing, and this is a, a doctrine for predestination election in John, Jeremiah 1, 5, not preexistence. Furthermore, if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, 46, it says the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. So, okay. All yeah, right. yeah. Like I say, I, I understood all that, but I was really—it's been bugging me for like three weeks why I didn't refute it the way I should have, and I just felt like I dropped the ball doing this. Okay. That's that's my—I I witness to everyone every day, everywhere I go. So I just Good. have felt like I you literally just dropped you the ball it. for. Yeah. Well, okay, then uh, in that case, welcome to the club. Okay. <laughs> but I also know that I did say things. Here's the thing. When I witness the people, I I always walk away going, wow, I should have said this, I should have said that. But I know better because I know God's had me say exactly what he wanted me to say to them at the time that they could take what I could give them. And so yeah. the only thing I really can fall back on at this point is that Yes, is did I lose you? One thing you fall back on. Mm -hmm. What's up? No, you you we lost you. The only thing you fall back on is, and then it went blank. I didn't hear you. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I'm I drive for a living, and so my signal isn't great. Um, okay. So I I uh, I hit him with the the only thing that really made him question anything I said which I know is what I was supposed to tell him, is that in Galatians 5.4, essentially it says, if you add any work to the grace of God, mm -hmm. you're not saved. Right. And that did stump him. Well, good. Yeah, because all false religions teach that you and your goodness are somehow able to merit uh, forgiveness and uh, stuff with God. All false religions teach that. They don't. Re that's because they have a false view of God. Because they think that the God that they believe in is such that he lowers his standard and it's up to our goodness to make the difference up. And that's just a, a, a false God. The true God is infinite. And there is no possible way that we could ever uh, add anything. And so he does everything. That's why Jesus is God in flesh, second person of the Trinity. And that's, you know, that's just it. That's biblical theology. And people uh, who reject that will go to hell. And those who affirm it uh, do so because they're regenerate and they're saved. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I just uh, I just wanted to. Yeah, I'm glad that you 
gave me those other uh, scriptures. When I get home, I'll have to go back to the uh, uh, website and write those down and look and do some more study on those. But still, like I say, sure. I knew that whatever he was referencing was totally uh, erroneous and not and t- ripped so far out of context that. And here's to me: yeah. this is the this is what I see in that verse is that he is making his God so much smaller than God truly is. Because that comes oh, yeah. back to the whole point of, of, of our predestination. Mm-hmm. what cults do, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science. Everybody redefines God, and usually it's after some form of their own image. And that's what happens. Uh, so in Mormonism, God's an exalted man from another planet. In Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. uh, God is a single uh, person, and Jesus is a created thing, and that you cooperate with God in order to maintain your your forgiveness of sins. And then in Islam, the same thing, the same thing as Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, I actually t- told some uh, some Muslims um, that I said, "Your God is the same one as the Jehovah's Witnesses and the uh, Christadelphians," and they <laughs> they didn't know what to say about that. Says, "Yeah, you think your God's so unique? He's not. He's just like the J Dubs and the anyway." So, uh, yeah, whenever you have a false god, you're going to have a false uh, Christ uh, and um, and false gospel. And people are going to be damned because they've rejected the true and living God and replaced him with something false made in the image of corruptible man. Hence, Mormonism. Perfect example. God's an exalted man from another planet. They, they exchange the glory of God for the image of corruptible man. That's exactly what Mormonism does. I hope all the Mormons in Salt Lake City are listening to this and you realize that judgment of God is upon you right now. If you believe that God is an exalted man and you become a God, you are under the condemnation of God because you have violated Scripture and you have adopted idolatry. Because what the Bible says is that you are not to serve any false gods. And what it says in um, Romans 1, 22 and 23, professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible uh, God for the image in the form of corruptible man. It's exactly what Mormonism does. Anyway, they need to repent of the false God of Mormonism. All right, Tommy, we got uh, right, other people you. To, uh, you, waiting, so... All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Appreciate how you do. God bless you, sir. God bless you, too. All right, let's get to Gary from Utah. Gary, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. It's me again. How are you? (laughs) Uh, Doing all right. Hanging in there. So what do you got? All right. I know, you know, I've called you a few times before. Uh, and yeah, I'm in Utah, but I don't, I don't connect with those other people that are more of an unborn again Christian, of course. All right. In the last few minutes we got here, so I'm watching the time as well. I was going to ask you, um, well, I run into some of these people on YouTubers, you know, and you got to be careful who you listen to. They're supposed to be preaching the word of God. And I listen to some of these and some of these people are saying that they don't believe that, you know, once you get saved and you, you know, your nature, old nature changes, you become a new uh, creature. They don't believe that we still fight our old, filthy nature every day. And that's why we need Christ to continue to fight that. How do you deal with those people when they think, oh, no, I don't have an old nature, a filthy nature anymore. I'm, I don't sin anymore. That kind of stuff. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So I, 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 when people say they don't sin anymore, I say, okay, let me ask you some questions, if that's okay. Okay, okay no problem. Is Jesus the standard of perfection in keeping the law? Yes. 
<clears throat> are you keeping the law on the same level as Jesus? Mm-hmm. Those are my questions. I've had a few of them say, That's cool. yeah, I've had a few say, yes. I say, okay, so you said yes. So you, you are keeping the law on the same level as God in flesh, who not only did what was right, but thought what was right, and in the intention of his heart, perfectly, he did what was right. And you're saying you do the same thing as Jesus? Mm-hmm. If they say that, yeah. they're arrogant and they're foolish, they're prideful. If they say no, well then, mm-hmm. you're not sinless, are you? So either way, right. they lose. Either way, they lose, okay? Right. Because that's definitely a false a false gospel, because those are some of those same people like, well, not necessarily those people, but I've also dealt with other people who, when we deal with atheists uh, or others who say, I'll tell them a Bible prophecy, right, that uh, God said this is going to happen, and all of a sudden it happened, and it was predicted 2,500 years ago. And then these arrogant people will say, well, I could have told you that. And I say, well, actually, no, you couldn't have, because without knowledge, which God gives you that knowledge, and God says his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. So without mm-hmm. God giving you that now, there's no way you're going to know that because you're not on the same level as God. It's hilarious. These right. people crack me up. Yeah, it's a form of arrogance. Yeah, I've actually met mm-hmm. people. And, uh, you know, I, I don't sin anymore. I haven't sinned for years. <laughs> yeah, how yes, s- exactly. How stupid can you be, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, it, it's pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad. I know I've, I've met people like that, and their arrogance. Oh man, it's just incredible. So yeah. you keep the law, and you you love God and love your neighbor on the same level as God in flesh, with holy perfection, right? In every instance, and in every thought, and in every intention of your heart, right? What are they going to say? Mm. If they say yes, you say, "Look, I need to know where you are because I don't want to get zapped by the lightning bolt that comes out of heaven when you boast equality with Jesus." Oh, my goodness, yeah. Hey, one last thing, because I know your time's getting short. I would love to see another debate come out with you, but I'd love to see you debate one of these people that are hardcore Catholic that think that the Catholic, that the Bible came from, you know, from, from Catholicism or that Christ, Catholicism came from Christ. And I was like, no, we have a Jewish Bible. He's a Jewish carpenter. He's the king of kings. You know, I'd love to see that debate. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I need to do some more stuff with Catholicism. I'm going to be very busy this year. I'm, I'm, there's, uh, I'm supposed to go to Israel in about five or six weeks. And then about wow. four or five weeks after that, I'm going to Japan. And then uh, there's a possibility okay. of going to uh, to England and or Scotland. That's actually in the works. It's oh, in the very, very early stages. i got to go to Southern California and uh, oh, I may boy. be there for a week. Um, so... And I can do that in late July, and I get to meet people. Already, people want me to to uh, to do stuff with them. You know, can our church come to this? Do this? We'll do videos. You're all so, planned out ahead of time for your almost the whole year, or at least a good portion. Yeah, a good portion of it, and then my wife has the rest of it, the honeydew list. So you know, I got to put it in schedule. <laughs> well, I pray for your safety on those things, and uh, yeah, just keep up the good fight. You know, they always say fight the good fight. So um, I don't know what you have going on, but you probably have a lot of things going on. Too many things to mention. Not enough time. Yeah, it's like my saying, so much heresy, so little time. And I have too much to do. And <laughs> now that I'm 66, the fact is I'm I'm slowing down. And I, I hate to admit it, but it's just a fact. I don't have that ability to concentrate like I used to. And, and the energy level isn't as much. So I have to push through a lot of stuff to continue to work, even at 66. I hope to keep well, doing it for years. Well, thank you, Matt. We'll see. All right, buddy, there's the music. Got to go. 
All right, Gary. Okay. Another program powered by the Truth Network.